Well, we keep getting deeper and deeper into November, which means I check the weather forecast for the mountains even more than once a day. It's like twice a day, sometimes three times a day. And this week I was rewarded with some good news because two to three feet of new snow over the Cascade Passes uh, at Hoodoo Ski Bowl, which is where I've been skiing for 50 plus years. Ski resorts will be open soon, ski season. That's a good thing. Fingers crossed that... uh, The snow stays there for a while and doesn't melt halfway uh, through the month. Hey, this is Tim Patterson. This is Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Find me online at tradeshowguy.net, which is kind of a jumping off point to our company website, tradeshowguyexhibits.com, a couple of trade show marketing book websites, some freebie downloads, uh, embedded versions of new video blogs and podcasts, and more. So that's it at uh, tradeshowguy.net. And I'm curious, where are you listening the audio version is posted on SoundCloud, and you can find the audio version on Apple Podcasts. And the video version always posted on YouTube. Uh, the channel is called Trade Show Marketing. Anyway, there's other stuff there besides just the podcast. This week, I connected with Stephanie Selesnik of International Trade Information, which, as the name might suggest, uh, works with companies that exhibit internationally, as well as working with international companies coming into the U.S. to exhibit. There's a lot of interesting differences and barriers and things like that. And I thought, you know, that might be a good conversation to have, especially uh, with the pandemic still raging around the world in most places, not in some other places. And yes, we had a pretty interesting conversation. Hope you like it. I want to welcome Stephanie Selesnik to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Stephanie, I really appreciate you taking some time and uh, joining me. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for asking. First thing I noticed is a picture of the Beatles behind you. (laughs) <laughs> yes it's the Beatles, but it's the day to dead Beatles. i have a i have oh a pretty God. extensive That's it looks something a little different there i can't see it from this distance yeah anyway. yeah i have a i have a pretty extensive day of the dead collection that oh. um, rivals some museums actually that's another conversation at some point yeah. then. I hope we get yeah. to have. All the so, things I've picked up throughout the world. Right, exactly. Uh, it, that's what we're going to talk about is around the world with trade shows. The company's <laughs> International Trade Show Information, uh, internationaltradeinformation.com. And I'm curious to learn more about what that company is, uh, first of all. Uh, so just tell me kind of like your 60-second version or, or less, I guess, uh, more. So I'm uh, second generation in the business. My mom started the company way back when and did her first trade shows. She had a publication and figured her competitor was doing a trade show. This was back in the seven, 1970s. She would, uh, she would do her own because if he could do it, she could do it. It couldn't be that hard. <laughs> and then she branched into Mexico, fell in love with Mexico and started doing shows there. And, um, and the rest is kind of history. She decided to retire after the, the Great Recession. Uh, I moved to Las Vegas. And so what I really do is I help internationalize trade shows. So I help bring in exhibitors and visitors or I take entire expos offshore wow yeah so I get there's got to be places. a lot of moving parts to that and uh, especially with you know foreign languages different yeah. customs all of that stuff but it, you know i'm sure that as years go by you kind of learn the the lay of the land as it were i'm curious when you compare you know protocols and practices what stands out as kind of the hard, hardest thing for american uh, exhibitors to learn when they go to another country well no drayage no unions <laughs> it's also the hardest thing to teach exhibitors when they come here drayage wow. nobody understands drayage in the rest of the world it's an impossible thing and hopefully as a result of covid it will go away because it's just i i'm really not a fan of drayage but that's one of the biggest things the other things is that um there are no display guidelines and regulations there's no pipe and drape so everything is hard wall which is a lot prettier 
Right. And, um, and in fact, your freight is brought in from your freight forwarders and customs brokers. So generally they're the people bringing in the freight, which is kind of interesting and different. The other thing is that alcohol and food is served in booths as normal. It's just part of what it is. So most of the rules and regulations we have here, including the IAEE display guidelines don't exist. Just, just don't exist. They don't exist. No. So when, when exhibitors come here, they don't understand why we have all these stupid rules. And to be honest with you, I agree most of the time. You know, they, they just don't understand why. You know, If it's not safety and security or being fair in terms of sound, they don't understand why we have all these crazy rules. I remember seeing, it's been years, a, a photo, and I think it was in China, of a, 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 a show was over. And they had all these exhibits that had just been trashed. And that seems seemed to be, from what I was reading... Uh, kind of a normal thing if it's a cheap exhibit you just trash it is is that uncommon or is that common i'm just curious uh, it was an odd thing that just kind of came to mind it was really common um i happen to represent the shanghai New international expo center um it, which is the it's the only western run and owned venue in china and it's in shanghai it's a three million square foot facility right including the outdoors so um after some shows you would see garbage like you've never seen in your life but because um, the Chinese government has gotten into sustainability, we're seeing a lot more, a lot less of the garbage. There's still garbage, but it's a lot less because there is a government mandate to start being sustainable, right. which is good news for everybody. Well, I think it is. Yeah. And I remember hearing about that as well. So I was curious how that has affected it. So what's the biggest uh, challenge, I guess, for an American exhibitor who's going overseas, let's say to Europe for the first time, got a big exhibit in Frankfurt or somewhere. What kind of things do you have to walk them through other than what you just talked about? There's no drayage and, and uh, very few guidelines. Yeah, gener generally the first time they go over, they don't have a big booth. They'll go as part of a pavilion. Mm -hmm. A lot of them will go as a pavilion to learn the way. Um, number one, don't expect everybody, you're going to another language, you're going to another country to learn, yeah. right? To sell. So you should have someone who can speak the language. You may not, and, and English is still, is still definitely the language of business but you're in another country trying to sell your products. So you need to have someone who can communicate, you know, and if you can't, if you're not bringing somebody over, that's fine because everybody can go back and forth in writing, you know, on emails in English, but getting a student or getting a translator is key. Um, secondly, you know, think about how you're going to present it. What is your pitch? What is, what problems are you solving? And, and obviously take advantage of the pre-promotion. You know, um, a lot of times you can actually do that with the GDPR, things are changing all the time, but take advantage of whatever pre-promotion you can, especially if it's free, because it's crazy not to. Right. Well, I'm curious also about, uh, you know, the, the, the COVID pandemic has changed things around the world in different places, different parts. It's not changed as much. Uh, you know, America, obviously there's hardly any shows going on at all. Some are trying smaller uh, shows, yeah. but uh, what's the sense of what's going on around the world that you get uh, these days? Well, China's back in business. They've been mm -hmm. back in business since June. Um, of course, you know, they've got a totalitarian regime. So for them to tell everybody in a city, you're going to get tested in the next week when cases are popping up, that's what happens. They'll right. test, they'll test 60 million, you know, they'll, they'll test 60 million people. They'll, they'll test millions and millions of people in a very short amount of time. Um, our shows, so our venue's been back open since June. We've had over 45 shows at this point, over 2 million exhibitors, I mean, 2 million visitors. Hmm. Um, safety protocols are normal there. Everybody's used to going through um, a machine, you know, the, this, um, oh God, I just spaced on what they're called. You know, like when you're at the airport, the, right. the scanners, the scanners, whatever. 
Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. They're scanning scanner. for something. So now, <laughs> so now there's also a component in those machines that uh, scans for temperatures. Mm. Everybody has, everybody there uses um, what WeChat and there's an app that does the track, the track, the tracking and so on and so forth. So if you have a green light, you can come in. If you have red, you need to go quarantine. And if you have orange, you need to go to get tested. So they're on that or yellow, you have to get tested. So it's like so, contact tracing type of stuff. It sounds like. Yep. And it okay. allows you on the Metro taxis, Ubers, whatever. So yeah. In, into restaurants. The other thing is that besides that, you know, everybody's got to wear a mask there. It's not a big deal. It's not political. I think after SARS, everybody, it's just a normal thing. If you're not feeling well, you wear a mask to keep others from getting sick. Right. It's not but, a political statement. Right. The and, technology and component in. that you mentioned is fascinating to me To Everyone's got, you know, and I know that the new Apple uh, iOS, iOS 14 or whatever I updated and you could turn on notifications, that type of thing. It doesn't actually work in Oregon because mm -hmm. Oregon, for whatever reason, I don't it doesn't work in Nevada either, right. but, um, but we do have a, actually in Nevada, we have a, they just launched an app, a COVID-19 app for contact tracing. It's completely, uh, opt in, but it will let you know if, if, uh, you've been exposed, if other right. people have the if app as come well. into contact with someone else. Interesting. Which is smart. And Which that of course, smart. unfortunately has gotten political and I don't really want to go down that road, but I think no. the technology is a fascinating part of that, especially when you tell the story about how it's just part of the lay of the land. Uh, it's part of the lay of the land. You know, you don't, you don't have any arguments about wearing masks. You don't have any of those things. People comply. However, you know, we, we do limit how many people are in each hall at any one time, right. you know, so there are some of those guidelines, but no one way aisles, which by the way, if we can't do them in the supermarket, they're not going to work here. Really? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, Europe, you talked about China. What's uh, what's the situation currently in, in Europe? Uh, Europe, Germany's had a few shows, but now everybody's back on lockdown right now right. as we speak on uh, what is it? November 10th. Everybody's on lockdown through the end of the month and maybe through the rest of the holiday season, to be honest with you, because of the increase in COVID. So, um, Germany, Dusseldorf has taken a, a big, you know, has gone kind of taken the lead in doing their shows. I think they've got outside space. So they just did a big caravan show. Hmm. And um, in Europe, caravans are actually RVs. So it was a huge RV show. Ah. Yeah. So the RV pulls up when you walk in, you, you know, well, like they have them stretched for right. acres. Right. So, and, but that's yeah. where the exhibit uh, of the company is held, yeah. huh? Oh. Which is normal, which is normal actually for that industry. They hmm. do the same thing here in the U.S. They're outside. They're outside spaces with some inside. So that's gone well. But um, Italy tried doing a few, but again, everybody's gone back on lockdown. Right. So I don't think we're going to see any real shows until maybe you know some small shows here and there. But I don't think until first quarter. But we will see them in first quarter. What about uh, other uh, continents? Africa, South America. I'm just Africa curious. is still battling. Um, I know that Singapore is looking to start doing some shows soon and they're also trying to create a bubble <coughs> pardon me they're trying to create a bubble with um with hong kong and, and uh, malaysia and thailand so they're all trying to create a little bubble for themselves because singapore is an island i mean it's one it's a city state literally it's a city state mm -hmm. great place to do business great place to visit really long airplane flights <laughs> to get there but wow it's an, it's an it's an incredible place uh, malaysia is right next door and they've done pretty well as well on the lockdowns. Um, Vietnam is doing shows because they only had like 300 cases. But in each of these cases, they closed their borders and they did testing. So all of the smaller countries now that have been, you know, huge hubs like Thailand for trade shows are they're reopening, but they're doing it very slowly, very methodically. They're all looking at having the rapid testing. 
And again, everybody's waiting on the vaccine. So when you do uh, work with shows over there, are you working with the organizers? You're working with exhibitors or just kind of vary from uh, event to I event? I work, work with both. Work okay. with both. Um, I recently launched with a, my partner, a partner of mine, uh, Diane Bjorklund, who worked with Trade Show Executive for many years and launched all, and ran their events for a very long time. We started something called the International Exhibitor Representation Program. And we started it in the US. We figured, okay, well, there's all these people. Equipment supplies are going all over the world. All of that's still going. It's just people aren't, right? right. So um, the thought came to us at a show. I was at a show here before everything shut down and realized, you know, like, oh my gosh, the Chinese exhibitors aren't here. It would be so good if we could have somebody in their booth to be their representatives, not students, not temp staff, like actual professionals to take over and then send them their leads. And so it, it, it went from there. So we have a, a worldwide network of people and a lot of them are ex uh, our, our trade show folks who have been um, made redundant as the Brits say. So they've been fired. <laughs> I know, how is that? I, I don't know about crazy. that word. Like, but I'm guessing made... that saves on travel costs and hiring someone to work a show for several days is probably less than the cost of bringing someone over. And You know, by the know. time you get done with everything, it's the costs aren't, aren't dissimilar, but the thing is that you don't have to worry about your people traveling. You don't have to worry about them going home to their families. Are they gonna have to quarantine? Are they have to, gonna have to quarantine to get into China, even if they can? which is not limiting a whole lot of people in. So it works going overseas as well as for people coming into the US. And then also because of the corporate travel bans, it can work in the US, just US company to US company. I'm also curious, Stephanie, about uh, digital events. I know that here in the States, there's a lot of companies and a lot of shows are doing it. Like CES has gone digital in, uh, for, for January and some other shows are looking at it. Uh, and of course, a lot of exhibit makers are trying to transition to making uh, virtual exhibits. How do you see that internationally? Is that a big topic or, or not? Oh yeah, everybody's virtual. Yeah, everybody's digital. Um, everybody's sick of it. You know, some <laughs> some <laughs> some have found some have found a way to make money. Most it's pennies on the dollar. You know, right. but I think the average. I, I saw something on Event Manager blog that said it was like thirteen cents on the dollar in terms of the money being made. Yeah, from, and I've seen some lives. anecdotes that it was a whole lot more, but you're right, an anecdote is not, uh, is not data. Very few, you know, yeah. there are very few. And, and those people were already, it really depends on your industry in, in terms of your success. Yeah. And of course, everybody and their brother has a platform. I'm sure you've been inundated. Yes, and, and, <laughs> and not only that, I think that there's, there's obviously a big desire for face-to-face, -face. Uh, people like that. It's, you know, you see and you feel and you see body language and all that, all that, that goes along with the face-to-face. But uh, virtual is, it's easy to be distracted by, you know, dog barking or, or whatever. Cat uh, climbing on the desk. Right. <laughs> knocking over something. Kids screaming. But, Karen, you know, you I know. think a lot of people are hoping that virtual becomes a part of live shows when it returns. I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on that. I think hybrid is good. Yeah. I think hybrid is good. Um, for people that cannot travel, I think what you can do is you can expand your audience. But then again, you're really running two events simultaneously, aren't you? you because you're going to have a different experience for the live versus the people who are digital. And you have to plan journeys, you have to plan the customer journeys for both. And, but, but everybody needs to feel like they were at the same event. Yeah, so it's gotta be similar information, similar so way to put that out there, interesting. So it's kind of a twofer. So yeah. um, you know, I, think, I think that will be the normal going forward. Um, we're not seeing that of course in China because everybody can, you know, the people, but their shows are down right. 30 to 50% depending on, on uh, you know, how much international they had in terms of ex exhibitors and visitors. But 
again, I think it's a good thing. It's a, you know, the more the merrier and bringing in new quality and new people into the tent is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one last thing. I'm just curious if you have a sense for when, uh, you know, quote unquote, normal will return here in the States. Do you, you get a sense talking to people and show organizers? Until we have a national pandemic policy and get this thing under control, we don't. Yeah, we really don't. It's it's the wild west out there, and it's been that way. Um, my hopes are that the new administration is taking it seriously, and they believe in science. And um, I'm hoping that they they work on it. You know, that was some news that one of the you know Pfizer may have a 90 percent. Well, that still leaves 10 percent of the population, which right. is still a significant number. You figure <laughs> what we have 320 million people. So take 10% of that. Yeah. That's still a scary. It's a big battle. I agree. And unfortunately, it's political. Uh, Stephanie Selesnick of uh, International Trade Show Information. It's been fun learning. It's International Trade Information. Okay. And how can people find you? Uh, InternationalTradeInformation.com or um, at Steph, S-T-E-P-H. I'll spell my last name. Selesnick, S-E-L-E-S-N-I-C-K on um, all the usual places on the usual places all right i appreciate yeah. your time stephanie thank you I, very much for so sharing. thank you thank you thanks again to stephanie selesnick find links to international trade information on the show notes uh, and before we close for the week this week's one good thing is seth godin's new book the practice shipping creative work uh, there's a good chance you've heard about it because well first of all it's a seth godin book it's his 20th book. Uh, Seth has been around a while. He's sold a lot of business-related books, a couple of bestsellers, maybe more. Uh, second, he's really good at book launches, appearing on podcasts and the media. Of course, he, he has a very top-rated podcast himself, which he's discussed the book on. So yeah, I just finished it today. thought it was great for anyone who is a, a creative sort who wants to ship creative work. There's a lot of good stuff in there. That wraps it up for this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. I'm Tim Patterson. Uh, thanks. Let's do it again here in another seven days.